welcome. Welcome. I'm Nako Narder. I'm Emily Walborn. And this is Half Asian. Half Hour. Uh, this week, we are going to be reviewing the Hassan Minhaj stand-up special, Homecoming King, from 2017. Mm-hmm. For context, this is the year after Ali Wong's Baby Cobra and the year before Crazy Rich Asians. Right. When did his show Patriarch start? It started late 2018, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. And it ended, I think, this past summer. Past summer, yes. Yes, I had one of my good friends worked there. And he was very sad because he loved it. I'm excited to get into... How much of Patriot Act did you watch? Um, I haven't watched it. I okay. kind of found out... So how? So about halfway through watching Homecoming King, I learned about the toxic work environment at Patriot Act. Oh, no. Which kind of, especially for women of color and <gasps> specifically Southeast Asian women. So it, I was kind of like... Um, Oh, no. Kind of painted the rest of the special for me. Whoa. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, there's all. like no coverage of it, essentially. There's like, I found two articles about it, uh, which I feel like we should address just. Okay. This was, it sounds like, um, so one of the articles is titled, Why Hasn't um, Hassan Minaj been held accountable for the way he allegedly treated Patriot Act staffers. And then Whoa. the other ones is, um, are we just going to not talk about Hassan Minaj? And it sounds like it's mostly for upper level writers, producers. Okay. Interesting. Uh, one of the producers, tw- it's it's like pretty much all over tweet. Like it, it was this summer when it got canceled mm-hmm. and when all the stuff about Ellen was coming out. Mm. Um, it was like, these women were tweeting like kind of in support of the people who were speaking out about Ellen's show um, with their own experiences. So Sheila V, a former producer, tweeted, I've never been more unhappy than I was while working at Patriot Act. And a lot of other women of color tweeted uh, similar stories, just a feeling of being gaslit and like Oh my God. Um, and they're like the response. It sounds like a lot of their research and um, was responsible for like a lot of the episodes that people praised Patriot Act mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And yet they weren't treated Whoa. well. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That is going to change. I didn't know any of that. And that is probably going to change how I, well, I don't know. I guess we'll go through it. We'll see. Yeah. And like, and then there was also tweets of like white male writers being like, yeah, I've never seen <laughs> like women treated this way. Whoa. Like, and then other women just tweeting, like, it was truly traumatizing to see what these women of color went through. Oh my God. Show. Oh my God. Okay. I have to read these articles. Yeah, I, we can post um, links to them. It, it's pretty much just like kind of a summary of the tweets that went out because there's mm. really no coverage of this. Interesting. And some of the articles like theorize um, it's because he's a like very likable um, mm. person of color and like one in power and like mm. his show is progressive. And so people, you know, are theorizing like, Hollywood Reporter and those kinds of outlets don't really want to report on that Mm -hmm. and uh, like you know quote unquote like attack a a person Mm -hmm. of color like a progressive person of color based on like the way it would look for them 
Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, taking down a an Ellen DeGeneres yeah. or like a Scott Rudin. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Not not to say that those are like the the right, like necessarily right, right. the same, but you know, just like perception wise, you know, yes. white people versus Totally. Uh, Have you seen the documentary on the record? No. It's really, really good. It's like heavy, um, but it's really well done. It is about the women who came forward after being assaulted by Russell Simmons. And it's all mm-hmm. black women who came forward mm-hmm. and they talk so in depth about, I mean, the differences of what it is like for a black woman to come forward versus a white woman. Like they mm-hmm. were all people who are like, we did not feel like the Me Too movement was like supposed to be for, for us. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Russell Simmons has done so much for the culture that we felt obligated not to like take him down because we felt like people needed him. And like mm-hmm. black women like shouldered that responsibility. It's really, really well done. It's really good. I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, because I think that's super li- like, it was a bummer when Aziz, like the stuff about Aziz came out. Like yeah. he never, the one that hit me the hardest, which I've, turned out not to be true, which was a huge relief, but the most upsetting one was when- George Takei, of course. Yeah. 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 Aziz was a tough one too, just because like, again, it just like very much painted my understanding of all of his work. Totally. Uh, And it's like kind of the same um, with this, though a lot of the women who was tweeting about it, you know, they said like, obviously I'm still proud of like what Patriot Mm. Act accomplished and like in the late night landscape and Mm -hmm in the work that we did but it was just like it's like a hypocritical environment yikes that sucks that sucks bad yeah well let's dive in yeah Wait, should we do our <laughs> weekly segment should we... yeah let's do our new weekly segment we're doing i know that a lot of people uh, a lot of new york voters listen to this podcast and mm-hmm. rely on us for we're... election coverage yes exactly so we're going to do a weekly segment on what did Andrew Yang do this week to humiliate us. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll come up with a better name. But this is for May Day. One of the candidates, Diane Morales, who I plan on voting for, at least for now, she tweeted, this May Day, I am proud to stand in solidarity with the 10 fired union members at Teamsters 804 and those protesting at UPS. All workers are essential and none should be expendable. This must be reinstated. Same day, Andrew Yang tweets, it's May 1st. Then he comments on his own tweet and says, and very brisk in NYC. (laughs) I love that it's just, it's May 1st. (laughs) (laughs) That is essentially, that is basically like if he tweeted the Justin Timberlake gif and said it's going to be May. (laughs) That's not different. Anyway, so that's the election coverage. I don't know what we're going to call this segment, but that's this week's... um, update on yang gang Uh, yang gang yang Yang gangs of new york (laughs) Uh, so thanks guys um moving on to homecoming king mm -hmm. i think it's a good comedy special it is good that's the thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) was disappointing something can be good representation for asian americans and be done by someone who is bad at something else like respecting women in the workplace Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think for me it just like it's like the stuff about his sister and then this mm-hmm. high, like high school crush is like mm-hmm. very different for me yes which yes. is unfortunate because the high school pr- crush story is like half the second half of the special yeah we will get into that because i had some thoughts on that i there is definitely i think the biggest difference between 
from what I've seen, the Asian male experience and the Asian female experience is that Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of Eddie Huang's book where he talked about like wanting to hook up with white women and that being like the validation he wanted. And then when Daniel Day Kim recently was like, I felt ugly, like, and Asian guys do have like a bad, like in watching Love Island, the black women and the Asian men are always like passed over the most, like every season. Mm -hmm. And that is like, that sucks obviously and is not something that Asian women deal with in the same way. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's like not, Asian men not feeling uh, validated sexually by white women is like not really a struggle that I care about. I like am empathetic, Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't matter that much to me. And when the more time you spend on it, the more I'm like, I don't care this much, man. I feel like it it kind of again pivoted in, in 2018 when Crazy mm. Rich came out. I feel like mm-hmm. it was that was like the summer of oh look at all <laughs> like this hot cast. Yeah. But now I feel like in 2021 it's like okay, yeah, I, we have moved on yes. from that like <laughs> you know. But yeah. I, I I'm not a nation uh, man, so I don't uh know. And I, I think also personal. that generation is at least and I saw that tweet that was like we need less representation of like Asian people who grew up all around white people like lots of people of color grew up around other people of people like of color Mm -hmm. because I think I also am getting a little bit tired of the like when the whole crux of the story is like I wanted these white people to approve of me Mm because I felt like my solution and like kind of your solution has been like just make non-white friends and then people Mm -hmm. will like validate you Mm-hmm. and I think when people can it's like when someone like refuses to leave their boyfriend where you're like yeah they're not gonna treat you right I don't know what you want me to tell you like you gotta mm-hmm. stop wanting them to be different you gotta change something else mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. so yeah. there are those two elements of this that I'm sure even at the time I was like this is not appealing to me yeah but he does a lot really well he does yes especially I the first I think half of this special Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed especially like the stuff about his family Mm -hmm. um yes and this utilized the screens really well I thought it's cool yeah compared to like Ellen's special that like really misused it and and definitely compared to Patriot Act I think they saw what worked really well in the special and tried to do that at Patriot Act and I don't think it worked as well yeah it's very much felt like uh he he has the same kind of like um storytelling that mm-hmm. like I think like a Mike Birbiglia has but it's mm. like more political instead of more just like personal story yeah yes. like it has the very is like the same kind of like sudden turns to emotion and mm-hmm. like um like bringing in some like more dramatic moments mm-hmm. that like instead of just like pure jokes totally yeah, yeah I mean because he really he like Hannah Gadsby like will bring someone to like a dark emotion and will like pull it out I think pretty skillfully mm-hmm. he also has this yeah I mean he's just like a very likable persona too like it's just like it's just non this the energy that he has throughout the whole special I'm like he's gonna like have a heart attack and collapse at the end of this because he is going like he's going like so fast yeah. through this shit yeah 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 it's high energy and it's emotional yeah so he starts, he's shooting the special in Davis where he grew up. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. He talks about how his parents had an arranged marriage in a small town in India, population of 990,000. He says that's a small town in India. I think that's a great joke. He shows it on a map. So I like that already he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to educate people about India because I'm sure 
lots of people don't know about it. And you see the moments where he chooses to acknowledge who is white in his audience and who is South Asian in his audience. Mm-hmm. Um, he says Seema could get it. Uh, her family owns a camera. And he mm-hmm. puts a picture of his mom up there. And he says, Najmi says, YOLO, let's move to America. Like, I think <laughs> yeah. that he explains it in a very relatable way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, Davis was super white, kind of like tonight. <laughs> I liked that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I liked, I liked those, like some of the lines he would put in of like, we know nothing about our parents and they know th- nothing about us. Like it was, I feel like he explains like the generational divide, mm-hmm. which is like comes up a lot in his special very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then he talks about how roll call was always hard and he does some audience work, which of course I appreciated because I hated roll call for the exact same reasons as them. Mm-hmm. And he knew, he was like, he like will go to someone in the audience and be like, what did they, what's your name? Great. What did they call you? And like everyone <laughs> obviously had stuff. Yeah. I thought that was great. I, he said, he talks about getting slapped as a kid and he's like, yeah, I can feel the like liberal <laughs> white guilt. I loved the part obviously where he was like, I know people are saying, hey, this is Davis. I listen to NPR because that's Mm -hmm. something I have been talking about a lot recently as someone who grew up in, quote unquote, one of the most liberal places in the country. Mm -hmm. When you say liberal, do you mean hiking? I genuinely am curious what is going (laughs) on, you guys. Do you mean eating a sweet green? Literally. Like, (laughs) yeah. So I always appreciate people coming for that culture. Mm-hmm. yeah and then they and then he uses the screen again with the spelling bee kid mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a great joke yes uh <laughs> yes and he says look at his parents look at his brother yeah yeah that was, uh, was effective yeah it was very good and then he goes into a story about like his birthday his dad mm-hmm. wanting a bike from toys r us um he goes to Home Depot, which at first I was like, Donald Glover already did a very long and good bit about going to Home Depot. So what's up? But yeah. then it was different and it was funny. And he said, his dad said, I took you here for your birthday so you could pick out the door handle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he talks about like, there's a number of hands you can play. Mm-hmm. It comes back. Um, yeah. He introduces what is going to be a pretty good device for the rest of the special. Mm-hmm. Talk about when his mama comes back to visit. Mm-hmm. I also liked when he said, when he's talking about like, you have a finite number of hands you can play. And so he said, I had vision as a six-year-old, which I think we've talked about is like a difference growing up than maybe some of my white friends had where I was like, I just think that people of color have to like swallow certain realities sooner. Mm -hmm. And that was like a funny way to put it. But like, yeah, you understand that like life isn't fair. Like whenever I think something isn't fair or it's I'm like feeling indignant I'm like oh this is like a white made-up value that I have like this isn't how anything works and like this is there's just stuff I feel like I accept as like a child and then my dad will be like did you know that like this happened in the U.S. that seems kind of crazy and I'm like yeah of course (laughs) what I've been saying the whole time (laughs) it's as bad as you think (laughs) yeah he finds out he has a sister sister when his mom finally comes back from India uh, no one had told him. Yeah, this was a that was a good bit. Uh, and then he talks about like his sister's birthday, how different it was from his birthday, and mm-hmm. um, wanting to like then wanting to protect his sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this some of the stuff he says, uh, even though they're jokes about his sister retroactively, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like a little bit of like a, uh, yeah, if you don't treat, you know 
the Southeast Asian women on your show very well, like making jokes about, you know, not treating the South Asian woman as a child. In your family. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Kind of like hits a little different. Yeah. Yeah. That I do think I liked when he's like, my sister hates when I tell that story because she said, you make me sound like a refugee to entertain white people. And he says, it's true. I'm doing that right now. Mm-hmm. I do think that that is good acknowledgement because we absolutely do. Like if your audience is white people, you are going to play to that a little bit. And that means flattening down the people in your lives experiences. And like, I don't know, saying stuff either that you don't mean or that isn't creative or that doesn't serve the people in the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like also kind of, I don't know. It's just like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wonder if there's a different way he could have uh, mm-hmm. expressed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is fair. Then he talks about marrying a Hindu girl. Mm-hmm. Some audience ooze, but he explains it to everybody else because he knows there's a decent amount of people in the audience who don't know or people watching the special who don't know what the difference <laughs> between Muslims and Hindus are. And that's, he puts up a chart. I thought that was very effective. Mm-hmm. And he says, they've been killing each other for centuries. Older people don't like this joke. They say Pakistan was created because of this. Like, that is probably the first pop culture reference to, like, a pretty important thing that affects a lot of people. Yeah. And then he also, he introduces another thing that comes up a lot, which is Lokia Kenge. He is speaking another language a lot in this that I think is, like, cool I think it keeps it a little bit from being funny, which is like a choice that he made. He's like, I want there to be more emotion and more like culture in it. But Mm -hmm. sometimes he'll say like four things in a row that aren't in English before translating for us. And I'm like, well, what are we supposed to do while you're doing that? We're just going (laughs) to (laughs) wait. Yeah. And I think that like that plays into like uh, just specifics for certain people in the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I should just learn the language and then I'll know. Yeah, just learn every language in the world and then you'll okay. be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, he talks about, you know, convincing his dad that it's okay for him to marry this girl. And then his sister kind of standing up for their marriage. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we move into like this um, 9-11 segment, yes. which I think was the probably the most powerful part of the special for me. I would agree. He does say the N-word. Mm-hmm. he's yeah he is quoting somebody calling his house after 9-11 and calling them sand n-words which is the slur that like was used against them mm-hmm. it's still i'll never say that word i'll never think of a reason to say that word and it yeah. will always be distracting to me when a non-black person says that word i think it's it's also like there's this generation in comedy mm-hmm. that i think he falls into where they think that if they're repeating a story where where it's said, it's okay. Like it, I honestly see it so much with like that age of comedians. Totally. Yeah. I just went, someone, my mom and I were walking around at night and someone called us the N word and Korean cunts and like, but I didn't say the word then. And I never would like, yeah. And I also think that generation, and again, I'm mostly talking about like him and Eddie Huang because those are the only like 90s kids Asian representation mm-hmm. I can think of. Mm-hmm. I do understand that there was nothing for them and their choices for like culture heroes were white people or black people. And so they really identified with like a lot of black celebrities and mm-hmm. that was like important to them. However, like they ultimately aren't black and 
sometimes the way that Hassan talks does feel appropriative in a similar way to Eddie Huang. Like just, and part of it is like, he talks very, um, like he is like young. And so he's like with it, he knows like Twitter slang and like lingo. And part of it's just Mm -hmm. that, but part of it does sort of feel like he is being kind of appropriative in the way that he talks. And that I think is probably the most distracting part of the special. Yeah, I agree. But one part I really did like about this story was like him talking about this American dream tax and like mm-hmm. um, essentially like putting up with racism mm-hmm. as like in exchange for being able to like live in America, you know, and like mm-hmm. him saying his generation was born in America. So why do they have to put up with that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Thought it was it was an, an interesting point in a comedy special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's similar. It's like that, maybe not white, but like that American indignation of like, mm-hmm. his parents would never be like, yeah, someone was shitty to you. And, but when you're an American, you're like, I deserve the world. I was right. born in like the best country and everything should go my way. Yeah. But other people are like, well, that's not how anything works. Right, right. Yeah. I also really liked how he said, like, when that person said it to his dad on the phone, he says, you see the mortality in your parents. And I think that is easily, I took the train yesterday and like, I saw this older Asian woman. I made eye contact with a white guy, which like then immediately sent me into like, oh my God, he's going to like attack me. He's going to punch me in the face. He's going to call me a chink bitch. No one's going to say anything. And obviously that didn't happen. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't count as anything. But then I saw this old Asian woman on the train and I was like, oh my God, like someone's going to hurt her. And I'm going to have to choose between like recording it on my phone or standing between them. And like, is someone else going to, I just was like, I was like anxious until she got off the train. Cause I was like, I really don't want anything bad to happen to her. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like one of the parts of white privilege that we benefit from the most is I only have to worry about one of my parents like I think I would it would just be insane to always be like I hope no one hurts my mom or my dad today because they're both not white it seems exhausting yeah yeah or like even like people who have uh, two sets of grandparents you know Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. as opposed to like one or you know then we transition into yeah. yeah, there's like a lot of good fr- phrases and like ways. He he's a really things. articulate person. Yeah, there's it's like a he's able to convey things in very like cl- like relate clear and relatable terms yes. for people who don't necessarily understand. Totally, he makes it really palatable for yeah. white people at least. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Then we move on to this the like second part of this special, which is talking about this crush he has in high school um, yeah. with this white girl. Um, and they like study together they're in class you know AP calc together mm-hmm. studying at her house versus his house and like mm-hmm. not wanting her to say anything about you know all the stuff going yeah. on in his house and which we see beautifully illustrated in the pen 15 posh episode where she exactly. covers Chun Shrine. then he talks about prom going like they're gonna go to prom together and then he gets there and like you know her parents said like no <laughs> she's <laughs> not gonna go out with you because we're because taking photos right. yeah and you're brown yeah yeah and then it's like pretty much this like uh ongoing thing of like he talks about them becoming a comedian and like mm-hmm. she keeps popping up in his life whenever mm-hmm. he does success then he like has dinner with her like essentially flies across the country to like confront her about prom yeah um, which like as an asian person to a white person okay but as a man to a woman 
shut up yikes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah uh <laughs> yep. um and then yeah so then she's you know he was like well you don't really hurt me that that happened and then mm-hmm. she's like with an indian guy and she pretty much says like no i've you know i've made the choice that i'm not gonna let my parents do that mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. you know i don't care about that mm-hmm. so, and i feel bad yeah i wish so badly like by the time it ends on her like proposal being posted on facebook i was like how are we still talking about her and why did it yeah. end on this like yes yeah. one thing happened to you when you were 18 and you made that like the framing device of your special 15 years later yeah because it, it you know it ends on he's talking about his daily show of audition and landing mm-hmm. uh the job and then it's like oh he's celebrating and then he sees on facebook that she got engaged to this the indian guy she's dating and it's like but i thought aren't you married to like are, like as the audience how are we supposed to care i would not if i got to work on the daily show and then i saw that someone I didn't go to prom with in high school got married. Yeah. How is that like the emotional cornerstone? And I feel like he's trying to like set it up in, in a way of like, you know, he calls her his white princess and like, yeah, is like all in on her as he says. And like, yeah, it's supposed to make us feel like, okay, he was like deeply in love with her, I guess. But it's mm-hmm. also like, we also know that those like intense crushes in high school. Yeah you know you grow up and I there was an article after the second season of Aziz's show about like the manic pixie dream girl which like essentially that Italian girl was where it was like we don't know anything about her we just know that like Aziz has a big crush on her for some reason and like we don't really learn anything about this Mm -hmm. girl just that like Hassan feels Mm -hmm. spurned by her and that's like why he keeps Mm -hmm. talking about her again like not because he like really likes stuff about her but because he was like she dissed me Right. And like, it's also like, she was in high school. (laughs) Like, no one in high school really has the tools to like, talk about racism or like, yes, you know, or like, fully express what what's going on with them. (laughs) Even, you know, yeah, like, yeah, what she did wasn't cool. But also like, she was probably like 17 or 18. Yeah. And like, I don't know like don't worry about her (laughs) oh yeah truly move on he's you know he he talks about it when he like books a commercial when he's headlining a comedy show when Mm -hmm. he books the daily show like things in his career that he should be very proud of yeah and in his life that he should be very proud of yes and like I don't know yeah maybe just because I haven't had like I haven't had this experience with anybody in high school of like being burned by them I don't know that I like really care that much yeah or like I understand like every time I go back to the Bay Area like or just like when I'm with my high school friends I do understand like yeah it is like you're 17 again it's like so then don't go back there (laughs) don't fly across the country to see it like right yeah don't put yourself in that situation unfriend her literally just unfriend her (laughs) yeah I know if he gets so upset by looking at her pictures unfriend her yeah like he's kind of like very rude to her online (laughs) yeah yeah which which i think was also like why i didn't really like yes the part where he was like oh like 
there's gonna be a lot of photos so like it's not a good fit or whatever and then he like messages for that I thought he was gonna be like just kidding I didn't send that but like I wanted to but he did and I was like that's crazy that is so funny he commented on it yeah yeah I know it was yeah especially after like before the story started is when I learned about the stuff on Patreon Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh (laughs) he's being yeah yeah and the last good thing that was in the special i feel like was when he talks about how on bill maher lol uh ben affleck back to the muslim community and like that's not something i remember or was aware of at all and i do think that's a good example of like that there's just news that evades people unless they're looking for it or there's just so yeah. much stuff that like you and I remember and like every time we bring it up people are like oh I forgot or I didn't know that happened right or it's like very much now it's like all oh, what's your what's on your feed like my Twitter is pretty much totally. Asian Twitter so it's like I see mm-hmm. stories and things that I don't think a lot of other people do yes which I will say like one cool thing about that is like you can kind of it is obviously dangerous that we choose what information reaches us but i think the one useful thing about it is i'm like okay if i don't know you can follow people on twitter and you can find out yeah you can sort of like build yourself like pipelines of information but i mean Mm -hmm. in 2001 that did not exist and there was no like yeah so that was probably that was he points out a lot of stuff really well that I identified with that I didn't it was like very cathartic mm-hmm. and it is still an enjoyable special mm-hmm. um but it's not without problem mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Uh, very few comedy specials are evergreen <laughs> it's very true very very few are um <laughs> <laughs> uh what would you give this gongs and Roman? gongs maybe like a three or a four it is like a pretty enjoyable there's like no part that I hate Mm-hmm. and ramen i would say like a f- four to five because i do think mm-hmm. he expresses a lot of stuff that i really appreciate and enjoy mm-hmm. what about you yeah i think gongs like a three mm-hmm. i did did find parts obviously funny entertaining mm-hmm. i think uh <laughs> i think like a, a three and a half mm-hmm. or four for representation i just kind of hard to it was like just it's just like too hard for me to separate that from him unfortunately and i am going to read those articles right after this and i'm sure that is going to change actually just so i can get it clean i'm also giving it a a three to a four (laughs) it's 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 like it's just hard i don't know it's like yeah it's just like it's hard when you want something to be made by the person that you think it's being made by and then it's yes you find out that they're hypocritical and like not who you thought it's just like very hard for me to separate that especially for like a comedy special when it's such a personal one it's just hard for me to like fully divorce the two totally i know and you are like you guys i am rooting for you all you have to do is not be shitty to women that's all i want i know and it's just like it's just like just another like knife twist that it's like specifically these southeast asian women that worked on the show yes come on dude like yeah are you you serious (laughs) yeah and if his whole shtick is like wanting white people to like him it would not surprise me to see that like the first people he's gonna throw under the bus are southeast asian women yeah or like i don't know take it out on or yeah i just yeah take yeah i think maybe take for granted or i don't know 
Yeah. Well, I haven't read the articles yet. I'll send them to you. Amazing. Well, next week we'll be... This special does not age well, but the Meg is going to... She makes some very good points, makes, and I did learn a lot about the creation of Pakistan. It, she makes some good points for it being, you know, her 1980s special. There's, like, a lot that's obviously outdated. You could not say it now. No, yeah. you really could not. I, some of the things she says about hammerhead sharks, I can't even believe. Yeah. That's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, she did issue an apology. She's growing. She's changing. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see. But thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Yep. See you next time. Bye. Bye.